then, and then he did mention about, about um, feeling what God was doing in these services, these uh, last few services we've had. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. I, I really, I, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because, see, God, God never does anything by accident. And he never just, he never just uh, casually uh, throws something out there. You know, it's, it's, never, it's never a coincidence. It's never a second thought. God does everything by design. In fact, the Bible says that he works all things after the counsel of his own will. Now think about that. He works all things after the counsel of of his own will. So God's already laid out a plan. And then everything he does. He does it. As he counsels with that plan. Well praise God. And so God knows what he's doing. And he knows why he's doing it. Praise God. Now, I, I felt tonight to um, preach from a passage of Scripture that I, I, I knew I had preached from this passage, but I, I couldn't remember when it had been that I had preached from this. It's not one I preach from frequently, and so... I tried to check my records, and I may have missed a few, but I, um, if, if my records are accurate, the last time that I preached from this particular passage of Scripture was in 2011. And... Uh, the time before that was in 2001. So it seemed like about every 10 years, the Lord says, hey, let's look at this verse. <laughs> Hallelujah. So um, I went back and looked at it. No, I, I had already, I'd already put all this together before I started looking at the time frame. But... Um, I, I do feel like that there's something here that the Lord wants us to consider tonight. So let's turn to the book of John. The book of John. We're going to the very last chapter. And um, I'm going to read a few verses here, but you can just leave your Bible open to John 21. Because most of what I'm going to be referencing tonight is going to come from this. We are going to go to the book of Acts for a few verses. But the majority of what I'm going to deal with tonight is going to be based on John 
chapter 21. And um, so we'll, uh, looks like I do have a verse in Mark as well, but um, a whole lot from John 21. So John 21, beginning with verse number 9. John 21 and verse number 9. Amen. The Bible says, and, I'm sorry, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire. As soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of his disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? knowing that it was the Lord. Now, that last little part there is pretty important because earlier in the chapter it was stated that they did not know that it was Jesus. And so when we get to verse 12, this is like a revelation to them that they have just come to understand who it was. But up until this point, they did not know. And that's why John felt it necessary to explain to us that nobody asked, who are you? They didn't know who he was until now. But now, there was no question. We'll talk a little bit about that in in a moment, but I want you to notice, first of all, verse 9, where the Bible says that as soon as they were come to land, the first thing they saw was a fire. Now, we know who's standing on the shore. We know who's talking to them. And there is, from all we can tell from this chapter, only one person there. So I want to ask you, who started this fire? Must have been Jesus. He's the only one there. Does that make sense? This is not complicated. I mean, he's the only one there. And they 
get there and there's a fire going. And fish laid there on and bread. And so evidently Jesus started this fire. And so I want to preach to you for a little while tonight when Jesus builds a fire. Hallelujah. When Jesus builds a fire, or starts a fire, or however you want to say it, but Jesus evidently was the igniter of the flame. Hallelujah. And he had a purpose for it, as he always does. Let's put our Bibles down, lift our hands, lift our voices, and let's ask the Lord to talk to us tonight. Can we, church? Jesus. Jesus, that you would open their hearts, their minds, their spirits. I pray, God, that you would touch my mouth, that you would use me, God. Touch my mind, direct my thoughts, use my words. Somehow, oh God, give us the direction you want us to have. Speak, God, to this congregation tonight. I thank you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's worship him one more time, can we? Everybody, let's worship the Lord together. I praise you, Jesus. I give you glory. I give you honor. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, as you can probably figure out, with this being the final chapter of John's gospel, this is, of course, after the Lord's resurrection. Jesus has appeared to his disciples prior to this, but it's not like he's been just hanging around them. Um, it's not like he has been with them the way he was prior to the crucifixion. He showed himself alive immediately after the resurrection and he appeared to them. He came and uh, in John chapter 20 and verse 26, the Bible says that after eight days, the disciples were in the house. And that's when Jesus showed his hands to Thomas, but it had been more than a week since they had seen him at that point. 
And so it's, again, not like they were just spending a lot of time with him now. He, it's, it's, it's a different relationship. And, and I don't know, I don't know how much time passed uh, between John chapter 20 and uh, uh, John chapter 21. All we know is that in verse 1 of this final chapter, the Bible says, after these things, he showed himself again to the disciples. Now, it must have been, Brother Goff, another extended period of time that they had not seen the Lord. And I say that because of the attitude uh, of Simon Peter and the other disciples. It must have been a while since they had talked to him and evidently they had grown discouraged again. Now, you know, they'd they'd been discouraged when he was crucified. And uh, they they, uh, were excited to see that he was alive, but... uh, They probably expected when he first appeared that everything was going to go back to the way it had been and that once again they'd be spending all their time with him and it just didn't work out that way and they just weren't going from town to town and ministering again and things just weren't the same and and, uh, in fact there was a price tag on all of their foreheads now and Things just weren't quite so rosy as they had been prior to Calvary. And so they had grown discouraged. And it was Simon Peter that made a decision that day. Read for me John 21 and verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go efficient. I go efficient. Now, I, I can just hear Simon Peter saying this. And, and you got to understand that when Jesus called him, he left his nets. Fishing was his former life. Fishing is what he used to do before he became a disciple. That was the way he made a living before he started following the Lord. For him to say, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I'm going back out on the boat. He was really saying, it's over for me. I'm going back. I might as well just start making a living on the fishing boats again. I might as well give up. I might as well forget about it. There is no more for us at this point. That's what he's saying. I'm going fishing. And so his negativity and his depression and his doubt was contagious. And so let's finish the verse. They say unto and him, they said to him, We also go with thee. Ah, uh, hang on. We'll get our nets. We'll go with you. So they went. And entered the, into a ship immediately. And immediately they all went, got in the ship. 
That night. So don't call us disciples now. Call us fishermen again. So we're going to go out and do what we've known before. We're done with the disciple life. We're going back to the fishing life. And so they did. Now, look. I want you to think with me for a moment logically, all right? Now, stay with me here while I build to where I'm going. But, but they wouldn't have gone back to the fishing boat if they hadn't at least made a living at it. You know, if they'd have been failures all their life at fishing, I think they would have said, well, let's try something else. You know, let's go buy a farm or let's go do something. We're not very good fishermen, so let's go try something else. But when the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, let's go fishing, they must have done fairly well, maybe not got rich, but at least they made a living at it. And so they said, look, we're not making any money. We're, we, we don't have any income. Our master's gone. Uh, we don't have anything to live for. Let's just go back to what we've always known. And so they went and tried it. And that night, they caught nothing. They caught nothing. They tried all night. And so, so, again, put yourself in their shoes, all right? They're already discouraged. They're already depressed. They're already down. And now they decide to go and try what at least in their past life they were fairly good at. And their first night back at it, Brother Nelson, is a total disaster. Can you imagine when the sun starts coming up how they felt? What's going on in their minds? What they're thinking about at this point? And then as they're bringing everything back into the ship and they're rowing that boat back toward the shore, you know, they're probably wanting to go hide somewhere because anybody that sees fishermen coming in they expect to see them coming with some fish. And these guys don't have any fish to show. So they're about to announce to the whole world that we're failures. And then they look up, and there's somebody standing on the shore. And they don't recognize him. They don't know who he is. And as if to add insult to injury... He's got to ask them a certain question. Read verses 4 and 5. But when the morning was now come. When the morning was now come. Jesus stood on Jesus the shore. Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples but knew. The disciples knew not. That it was Jesus. So they don't have any idea who this is. They think it's just some stranger. Read. Then Jesus saith unto then them. this stranger in their mind said to them. Children. Children. Have ye any meat? Have ye any meat? Now. That sounds innocuous enough. But when I got to looking at this, in the original, this is actually what the scholars call a negative supposition. So, so the, the, the King James kind of put it kindly and mildly. But really, the way that it's stated in the original is more like 
I don't suppose you caught anything, did you? I mean, that's, that's, that's what the scholars said. It, it's not like, do you have any? It's, you don't have any, do you? I mean, that's, you know what, that's kind of rough. <laughs> and they answered, no. Now, I got a feeling, since they don't know who this is, they didn't just say no. <laughs> At least they didn't say it kindly. They've been up all night. They're frustrated. They're depressed. They're disappointed. And they answered, no. And then this stranger, they don't know who he is. You know, he may be some banker. He may be some tax collector. They don't know who he is. And he stands there and he decides to be an armchair quarterback. Read. What's verse 6 say? And he said unto them. He said to them. Cast the net on the right why, side why of the ship. Cast the net on the right side of the ship. And ye shall find. They cast their Wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't, don't get ahead of me now. We've done this all our life. If you only knew how tired and frustrated we were. And you are going to tell us. But why not? And I don't know. I don't know because they didn't know it was Jesus. So I don't know. Maybe they did this so they could show him he didn't know what he was talking about. I don't know. But they did it. And they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it. They're not able to draw for the multitude of fishes. For the multitude of fishes. Well, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you that in the midst of one of the most discouraged and depressed moments that they have ever felt, Jesus reached out and gave them. Now, they didn't need, need to be out there on that boat. You hear me? They shouldn't even have been out there. They had no business on that boat. They didn't need to go back and go fishing. But in the midst of all that, Jesus gave them one of the greatest blessings he could give them. These men are not going to eat 153 fish. You know what they're going to do with it? They're going to go sell it. They're going to pay some bills. Hello? And so Jesus, in the midst of their depression, in the midst of their discouragement, in the midst of their disobedience, he turned around and he blessed them. Well, hallelujah, because he is about to teach them a lesson. Well, praise God. I hope somebody will help me here tonight. He wants to show them something. Let me remind you that when he called them, amen, he didn't tell them, stop fishing. 
He told them something different. Read for me Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. This is when he first called them. Mark 1, verses 16 to 18. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his uh-huh. brother casting a net into the sea. Right. For they were fishers. They were fishers. And Jesus said, and unto, Jesus them, said to them, Come ye after come me. Come ye after me. And I will make and you I to become will fishers. will make you to become fishers of men. Jesus didn't say, I want you to stop fishing. He just said, I want you to change what you're fishing for. I want you to take the principles that you've spent your life learning and I want you to apply them to something different. We're not going to worry about those scaly creatures out there in the Sea of Tiberias. We're going to worry about those men and women that need to be reached. I'm going to teach you something about reaching those that are on the land. I want to make you fishers of men. And so what happened? And straightway, and straightway they forsook their they nets, forsook their nets and, and they followed them. I want to tell you, I believe that that day in John 21, Jesus was telling them, if you'll get back to the job I called you to do, I'm going to give you a great catch. I'm going to give you an abundant amen return if you'll go back and do what I told you to do. Amen. Your job is not on this boat. Your job is on the land. You shouldn't be reaching for fish. Start reaching for souls. And if you'll do it just like I gave you 153 fish, I'm going to give you souls. I'm going to give you people. Amen. I've got a job for you to do. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, now look. Remember the scenario that day. They were out fishing. And when they came to the land, they discovered something I find very interesting. Read John 21, 9 again. As soon then as they were come to the land, come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, uh-huh. the fish laid thereon, and uh-huh. bread. Let me tell you something. While they're out there fishing, Jesus is on the shore building a fire. What's the fire for? What is the fire for? The fire is to cook the fish that they're going to catch. There is a fire that Jesus has built. He meant for the fish that they're going to catch. I wish somebody would get a hold of what I'm saying right now. When Jesus builds a fire, he's got a purpose for that fire. He's saying it's time to catch some fish. Well, hallelujah. When Jesus starts building a fire, he's saying, I've got some souls out there. I'm ready for you to cast your net. I'm ready for you, amen, to go find those that are hungry. Oh, hallelujah. I've said this before. I want to say it again. Listen, they tried all night and got nothing. But once Jesus built a fire and they threw their net out, every fish in the Sea of Galilee got hungry at that moment. I'm telling you, when 
Jesus builds a fire. When Jesus builds a fire, the fish start getting hungry. Listen to me, truth church. There's a reason we've been feeling what we've been feeling. There's a reason God has been moving the way he's been moving. Amen. It's not so we can, oh God help me. It's not just so we can get a blessing, though he wants us to get blessings. It's not just so we can get a healing, though he wants us to be healed. But he's building a fire because there's fish out there that he's stirring up right now. Oh, I wish somebody would hear me tonight. Amen. I said there are, there are fish that he's stirring up right now. There are souls that God's getting a hold of right now. So you know what he's doing? He's building a fire right here. He's building a fire right here because he knows if we'll go throw the net out. Oh, hallelujah. Well... Now look, you see John 21, they cast their net when Jesus told them to and they caught 153 fish. Then just a couple of pages in your Bible and it was really only a few days later, time-wise, that they're in Jerusalem. And they're celebrating a Jewish feast day. And you know what happened? Well, there's a certain number of people that are gathered in an upper room. Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of, his, of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120. About 120. Fairly close to the number of fish the Lord had just given them. Not quite, but pretty close. Close enough for me. Close enough for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the Lord's not quite finished yet, you see. Amen. So we're going to start with this 120 that's gathered here in the upper room. But the Lord is about to do something with this small catch that's starting here. Amen. What happened with this 120? Let's start in chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost, when the was, day fully of Pentecost come, was fully come, they were all with, were one, all accord with one, one accord in one place. Suddenly, suddenly there came a sound, came a sound from, heaven from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of, wait a minute, like as of, you know what's going on? Jesus is building a fire because he knows what's going on in Jerusalem. Oh, he knows. He knows that up until now, up until now, these men have been wanted. Up until now, they've been fighting these disciples. Up until now, the Jews have been against Jesus and those of his followers up until now. But Jesus is building a fire and everything's about to change when Jesus starts building the fire. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and, and it sat upon each of them, of them and they, they were, were all filled with with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
Well, hallelujah. Amen. And you know what happened? You know the rest of this story. Amen. When Jesus built the fire, we go on down to verse 41, and here's what we find. Then they that then gladly, they received, that his gladly word received his word were baptized. And the same and day, the day that were added unto them about 3,000 souls. souls. That's what happens when Jesus starts building a fire. That's what happens when Jesus... Jesus builds a fire. Now, now, he was just trying to teach them in John 21. He was trying to give them a little object lesson, preparing them for what was coming in Acts 2. But see, when, when the real fire came in Acts chapter 2, that fire didn't die out that fire just kept growing and the bigger the fire got the more fish they caught are you with me tonight let's look at this so they started with 120 in Acts 115 in Acts 2.41, they get 3,000. We go to Acts 4 and 4. The fire is getting bigger now. Acts 4 and 4 says this. Howbeit many, how be many of them which heard the word believed. The number of and the, the number men, of men was about, was about 5,000. 5, so we went from 120, amen, to 3,000. Now we've added another 5,000. We got 8,120. Now, I'm telling you, the fire just keeps getting bigger. And as the fire gets bigger, the more fish we bring in. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And that's not all. Let's go one more chapter. Acts chapter 5, verse 14. And believers and were, believers added, were the more Lord. added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. Yeah, and now we don't get a number. All of a sudden, he's just adding them. He's adding them. He's adding them. He's adding them. Oh, praise God. Oh, I wish somebody would feel what I'm feeling right now. Amen. Amen. He starts with 120. He adds 3,000. He adds 5,000. And then multitudes are added to the church. But the fire just keeps getting bigger. The Lord just keeps making the fire bigger and bigger and bigger. Until he doesn't add them anymore. Look at what he does. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And in those days, when those the number days, of the disciples the number were, was multiplied. Was what? Multiplied. It was what? Multiplied. It was what? He stopped adding and it started multiplying. You want to talk about growing. It went from addition to multiplication. I'm talking about when Jesus builds a fire. Listen to me, truth church. We got to realize what God's doing around here. We got to understand why we're feeling what we're feeling around here. The Lord knows there are hungry souls all around us. There are people all around us that their hearts are stirred. Their spirits are stirred. Amen. There are backsliders that are waking up and realizing it's time to go home. It's time to come back. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I preached Sunday morning about the prodigal son. After church got a message from a backslider that had been listening 
and told me that message was for me. Monday I got up and I saw a message from Missionary Lambeth in Brazil and he was talking about Sunday morning he was up in his house praying and he heard the dogs next door just going crazy and he went to look out the window and he saw somebody sitting on the sidewalk and he said he didn't know what was going on he said he went out there he could see the tears falling and he walked over and sat down and he said is something wrong so the lady looked up and said you don't remember me do you he said no she said I used to come to your church it had been about 15 years she'd been gone. She said, she began to tell him about all the mess her life was in. She said, but I knew if I could come back to where the pastor was that he could help me get my life back. Please, pastor, help me. And then he began to talk about how God is stirring the prodigal. And then, and then I found out there were two or three other apostolic preachers all preached on the prodigal son Sunday. I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, God's doing something. God's stirring folks. God's, I didn't know any of that when I preached Sunday morning. All I know is Jesus has been building a fire around here. He's getting things ready. He's getting things ready. He's getting things ready. When the disciples first looked at that fire, there were just a few fish on those coals. But that was no indication of what was coming. Oh, hallelujah. Are you hearing me? What you see with your eyes at this moment is not an indication of what's about to happen. Oh, hallelujah. When Jesus built a fire on the shore, it was for the explicit purpose of cooking those fish. Amen. The fire amen, was not necessary unless amen, they were going to bring something to put on it. Without fish, what good was the fire? Oh, hallelujah. Jesus wasn't wasting his time. He wasn't there just warming his hands. He wasn't there just trying to roast a few marshmallows. Praise God. He had a purpose for that fire. He knew. He knew. He, man, they're going to have, they wasted, they, they'd wasted a whole night, but he knew something was about to change. He knew everything was about to turn around. And he said, we got to get a fire going because it's all, it's all about to happen happen now oh praise God I know I know when I get to preaching about this this kind of thing folks say oh preacher I've tried I've tried and folks don't want to hear it I, I can't I can't reach them I've tried and I, I don't I just can't reach you know that sounds familiar read for me read for me uh John 21, 3 again. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. Yeah, I'm going to go try it. They say unto him, we also go yeah, we, with We'll thee. go try it. And they went they forth went. and entered into a ship immediately. Yeah. That night they caught nothing. Yeah, they tried and they didn't catch anything either. So they could have just given up. Except when the master said, try again. 
they got a different result. Are you hearing me tonight? When it's the Lord's time, you can get a different result. Oh, hallelujah. I know, I know, I know. I know when I get to preaching about soul winning and outreach, it, it's, it's hard to get people to run the aisles. But, but this ought to be what excites us more than anything. This is why Jesus came to the world in the first place, was to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That ought to be our driving purpose. From the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, it ought to be about saving souls, reaching souls, throwing a net out and hoping we catch somebody. Well, praise God. Maybe the reason you haven't caught anything is because you've been fishing in the wrong place. Maybe you ought to ask God to direct you to the fish. Jesus said, cast on the right side. Sometimes the right side is whatever side the Lord says the fish are on. Well, hallelujah. It might be the port. Well, you might be casting off the bow. You might be casting... You know, there might be the stern. You might, you might, well, you know, when the Lord says, cast it this way, you just, that's where you cast. The Lord said, Ananias, there's a man by the name of Saul. And I said, no, 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 not him, Lord, not him, not And the Lord said, yeah, him. And aren't you glad Ananias did what the Lord told him to do? Ananias wasn't the first one to ever try to reach Saul. He's just the first one that succeeded. And you know why he succeeded? Because Jesus had built a fire ahead of time. Well, praise God. It was the Lord's time. That's what I'm saying to the truth, church. When it's the Lord's time, that's when we got to strike. Praise God. That's when we got to get busy. Well, praise God. Now listen to me. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm about to say. So please listen closely because sometimes folks try to read between the lines. And that's something that doesn't work well with me. Uh, that's, that's why I've said over and over for the last 25 years, words mean things. Words mean things. So don't try to, don't try to read into what I say something I didn't say. Just take what I say for what I say. But sometimes we as the saints of God don't really understand the purpose for the Lord's fire. Let me show you something here. We go to Acts 28. Acts 28. I'm not going to be a whole lot longer, I promise you. Acts 28. Now, understand that this happened after a shipwreck. Paul and Luke and those that were with him had just come through a terrible storm. And uh, the Bible says some 
swam to shore and some held on to pieces of the ship and you know they just they got through the water however they could get there I'm telling you they were cold maybe even bleeding hurting no doubt trembling you come through a trauma like that or you nearly lose your life and you're not usually just sitting around telling jokes So they get there and Acts 28 verse 2, read. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire. They kindled a fire. And received us every one uh-huh. because of the present rain. Yeah, it's be- raining out there. So top it off, it's raining now. And because of the cold. And, and, and it was cold out there. So you know what it's like to be wet and cold? And when Paul had gathered a bundle and, of sticks. And, and so Paul gathers a bunch of sticks. And laid them on the fire. Put them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat. all of a sudden, here comes a snake. And fastened on his hand. Fastened on his hand. Let me tell you something. Too many times I'm afraid we get to looking at the fire as being sent strictly for our benefit. We think coming to church is all about us. Now don't, look, listen to me church, there are times we need the church. That's why I say don't, please don't try to misread. There are times this is our safe haven, this is our refuge. There are times we got to get here and this is what's going to make the difference for us. And in those times you're not wrong for using the fire. All right, so please, again, don't, don't misread. I'm telling you, there's times I've been in, in, in dire straits, and it was just coming to the house of God that gave me the strength and the help and the encouragement that I needed. So I'm, I'm not, don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying that there are some people that that's all they ever see the church for. And it's always just about what they can get. And so when God builds a fire, it's always about them being able to enjoy the fire and about what they can get from it. And so they might throw a few logs on the fire. But sometimes if, if we're not careful, if we spend all of our time just throwing logs on the fire We might just stir up a few snakes. Uh, See, the Lord's not really just sending the fire strictly to warm us up. But he's doing it because he's got some fish out there. He's wanting us to catch. Well, hallelujah. 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 He's got some souls out there he wants us to get a hold of and and draw them in. And he wants us using the fire. Well, praise God. I hope hope nobody's misunderstanding me. Look, 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 look. There, There are times we need a good blessing. We need it. We need it. We need it. There are times our souls just get so so 
barren, so dry, and we need that touch. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying we can't live that way every single service. We can't, we can't get to the place that we think that's all it's about. We need to get it. We, there are times we need to get it. And if you don't get it, you're going to end up backsliding. You're going to end up losing out with God. we got to do it. But somehow we got to also realize that's not all it's there for. And so when that time comes that we realize, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's something more important than me just getting warmed up here, something more important than me just drying out these wet clothes, something more important on this island than me feeling a little bit better. Hey, man, there's something else going on than we just take that old snake, hey, man, that showed himself and we just do what Paul did. We use the fire to get rid of the snake. Read verse 5 for me. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Yeah, and you know what he did after he shook the beast off? You know what he did after he got rid of that snake? I'll tell you what he did. He went soul fishing. Let me show you. Read verses 7, 8, and 9 for me. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island. Chief man of the island. Whose name was Publius. Whose name was Publius. He received, he received us, us. Lodged, lodged us three days, days courteously. Now watch it, this. And it came to pass came that to the pass. father of Publius. The father of Publius. Lay sick, lay of, a sick of a fever and of a bloody flux. Of a bloody flux. To whom Pe to Paul whom entered in and Paul prayed. Paul entered in and prayed. Laid his hands, laid on, his him hands on him. And healed him. And healed him. So when this was and done. When this was done. Others, others also. Which had which had diseases in the, the island. Came. I'm going to tell you, Paul started a healing campaign. Paul said, I'm tired of all this just warming up stuff. I'm tired of all this just making myself feel better. We got souls on this island we need to be focused on. We got people on this island we need to be reaching right now. I'm going to be all right. God kept me through the storm. God kept me through the shipwreck. I got to reach out to somebody else on this island. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand tonight. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, God has been building a fire at the Truth Church, and he wants us to go out and find the fish. Oh, he wants us to go. Find the fish. He wants us to find the fish. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Let's talk to the Lord for a moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God. Oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you the truth, church. I'm telling you. 
truth, church. Truth, church, I'm telling you the truth, church. This is an absolute fact. I don't know how many services I have stood here while we're singing and I catch myself watching that back door. There's just an expectation. I'm just, I just have this feeling. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. Somebody's on their way. I just, I just have this feeling that there's some fish out there that's been looking towards this ship. I just, I just feel it. I just feel it. I just feel it. I just feel it. Oh, hallelujah. Now, again, look, you, if you need a blessing, get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get all you need. Get it. Sometimes we got to we got to get filled up good before we can do anybody else any good. And I know that. I recognize that. So get everything you can get. Nothing wrong with that. It's necessary. It's necessary. But I'm saying, get what you need. But at some point, let's realize there's others out there that are needing to. I'm constantly thinking of the golf. There's another 11-year-old boy out there. I, I think this all, I really do. I think this all the time. There is another 11-year-old boy out there somewhere that's just as hungry as I was. That his mom and dad didn't take him to church. But he wants God. Just like I did. And God, I want to find him. Who knows? He may be the next one to take over the work in Africa. I want to find him. I want to reach him. I'm praying this Bible study, this electronic Bible study we're working on. We're going to try to have everything ready just as quickly as we can. We're going to have it ready and we'll, we'll send out word. We'll be advertising it. And uh, again, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need somebody that's going to be available on that date to watch the Facebook page for comments. Somebody to watch the YouTube page for comments. I'm going to need some folks to, to help me with that. And uh, I'm just praying that God will direct hungry people. Hungry people. I want to throw that net out there. If these men... 
in a moment of discouragement, despondency, despair, and actually disobedience could catch 153 fish. I think God could bless our efforts for the self. When we're doing our best to do what he wants us to do. I believe we could have 153 on that Bible study. And not too hard for God. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, Brother Nelson told me he mentioned it to Brother Mike. Brother Mike said he's got a bunch of people at Gardner right now that's looking for a way to be part of a Bible study. So sign them up. We're going to get them on there. We're going to get them on there. Well, praise God. We got some new folks that don't really understand speaking in tongues. It would be good for them to be a part of it. We might have some old folks that don't really understand it. Hallelujah. And I just want to reach somebody. I want to throw out a net. And I want to keep throwing out nets and keep throwing. I'm so stirred up about reaching the lost. I am so stirred up about reaching the lost. God's blessed me and blessed me and blessed me and blessed me. I've received freely. Now I want to freely give. Anybody else feel that way? Why don't we gather around tonight as we close this service out? Would you ask the Lord to use you? Would you ask the Lord lead you to somebody?